Good morning. It's Ayawimala. Today is June the 1st. I hope you had a, if you had a holiday yesterday, I hope it was enjoyable and you were, you felt safe and you enjoyed maybe some sunshine. I was actually able to be with um, some of my Wisconsin family members. My son had to work in Madison and Another one of our family group had decided, I think hasn't had the vaccinations yet, so the rest of us, the six of us, um, the, the rest of us had, had our vaccinations and plenty of time to feel safe, and it was so wonderful. Most of those were people I hadn't, hadn't been able to hug in, or see in over a year, so it was wonderful. And we were able to walk uh, down to the end of the the pier in Lake Geneva, where we just sat and enjoyed the beautiful day as it got nicer as it went on. So what started out as a little bit of a gray day ended up with spectacular skies and just uh, a wonderful, wonderful day for me. It really felt good and was good to to be with the the uh, family members that I feel really close to in Wisconsin. So, I think it was a much needed uh, break for me. A break, a break, and a break not from, a break from uh, maybe the computer and being on Zoom and a break from uh, not being not being around those particular people, so it was very sweet. Um, this morning I was reading some uh, Facebook entries by people that I have known but not so close to now. But th- in particular, there are sometimes things that people share on Facebook, and it can feel really disturbing because that person may not be you may not be in contact with that person. And you you can tell there's so much suffering going on, but it's not clear what it is. And uh, I notice in one particular situation, there were so many people trying to offer um, their their comfort or um, compassion, and it's very difficult on on social media to be able to do that because. You're not getting the whole picture, and it's all, uh, it's very frustrating because you see someone suffering, and there's, it's very, it's hard to know what you can do and what the situation is, even. So that's one of the things that feels like a limitation, and it makes it a less clear situation than you'd like to. You don't know what to say or what to do when it's not clear. So, uh, you know, isolation from others too. I think is is has had a lot of the has had a lot to do with the with this kind of suffering. So people are unable or are in situations where they can't get out and be with others, and we're still going through that period of. Uh, kind of anxiety that I've I've experienced, and I enjoyed 
the isolation many times during the pandemic when we were all locked down. Uh, I, w- I was comfortable with that. I could see others were suffering, but and certainly people were sick and dying. Um, but it didn't feel isolating to me. But I see that it is it is and has been very difficult for so many people. So when I see that uh, coming out on Facebook post, it really is heartbreaking because it's hard to know how to help. But I was looking at, I picked up Gil Fransdale's, I've had his book, uh, The Issue at Hand. It might be one of the first books of his that I read, and someone had sent it to me when I mentioned how much I enjoyed listening to his talks many years ago and sent this book to me. But I wanted to read and then practice the meta practice he has because I think it speaks to some of the concerns I had just uh, reading some of the post on social media. So I'll read, that's just two, uh, just not too many pages, three, maybe three pages from this book of essays, which was written, Essays on Buddhist Mindfulness Practice. And so he talks about lots of different meditations, but um, also just working with working with ourselves right at the moment, you know, uh, the issue at hand, and he's taking that quite literally. What what's going on with us with our mindfulness at the moment? Are we seeing things clearly? Is there a way we can see things more clearly and be able to? Can we separate our uh, personalities? Can we step aside from ourselves and see things clearly? without it all being projection from our own uh, viewpoints, our own perceptions. So if you will let me, I will read this, and then we'll practice metta as the, the last part. So he begins, he begins each of his essays with a quote from the uh, suttas. This first one is from the Sutta Nipata 1.8. May all beings be happy. May they live in safety and joy. All living beings, whether weak or strong, tall, stout, average or short, seen or unseen, near or distant, born or to be born, may they all be happy. This is a chapter on metta. Metta, or loving-kindness, is one of the most important Buddhist practices. Most simply, metta is the heartfelt wish for the well-being of oneself and others. When describing metta, the Buddha used the analogy of the care a mother gives her only child. Loving-kindness is closely related to the softening of the heart that allows us to feel empathy with the happiness and sorrow of the world. Loving-kindness is also understood as the innate friendliness of an open heart. Its close connection to friendship is reflected in its similarity to the Pali word for friend, mitta. However, metta is more than conventional friendship, for it includes being open-hearted even towards one's enemies, 
cultivated perhaps from empathy or from insight into our shared humanity. Metta practice is the cultivation of our capacity for loving-kindness. It does not involve either positive thinking or the imposition of an artificial positive attitude. There is no need to feel loving or kind during metta practice. That's very. That's a great sentence. To to uh, this is going to be a good paragraph. Okay, metta. Pra- Let's start with this paragraph. Paragraph all over again. I think it's the crucial one in this essay. Metta practice is the cultivation of our capacity for loving kindness. It does not involve either positive thinking or the imposition of an artificial positive attitude. There is no need to feel loving or kind during metta practice. Rather, we meditate on our intentions, however weak or strong they may be. At its heart, loving-kindness practice involves giving expression to our wishes for the well-being and happiness of ourselves or others. In metta practice, we water the seeds of our good intentions. When we water wholesome intentions, instead of expressing unwholesome ones, we develop those wholesome tendencies within us. If these seeds are never watered, they won't grow. When watered by regular practice, they grow, sometimes in unexpected fashions. We may find that loving-kindness becomes the operating motivation in a situation that previously triggered anger or fear. Recognizing and expressing goodwill have a softening effect on our hearts. At times, this evokes feelings of love, tenderness, and warmth. At other times, this softening of the heart can expose difficult or painful buried emotions. Allowing all these emotions to surface in their own time is one function of loving-kindness practice. When we find difficulty in relating to others and ourselves with intentions of kindness, the practice of metta can provide a useful reference point to help us see what we are in fact feeling. The absence of loving-kindness can be an important cue not to provoke self-criticism, but to remind us to slow down and pay more careful attention what is actually happening. The practice of mindfulness and loving-kindness support one another. Metta practice complements mindfulness by encouraging an attitude of friendliness towards our experience, regardless of how difficult it may be. Mindfulness complements loving-kindness by guarding it from becoming partial or sentimental. Metta can foster a closeness in our relationships to others. Mindfulness can help keep us balanced in those relationships. Mindfulness can bring freedom. Loving-kindness ensures that our path to freedom is not aloof from others. That is just uh, 
so wonderful. It makes something really beautiful and clear about the relationship between metta and mindfulness. I love that. Mindfulness can bring freedom. Loving kindness ensures that our path to freedom is not aloof from others. Now, the next chapter is called Brief Instructions for Loving-Kindness Meditation. So, I'll read the, um, I'll read this, the uh, same section from the Sutta. From the, this is from Sutta Nipata 1.8, which is exactly what I read before the last. But it's so beautiful, I'll read it again. And then, as I, so you can, why don't you sit in meditation, in a comfortable meditation posture. Just relax. Let your body feel, uh, let your spine feel stretched out, lengthening so it's supporting you really well. Be aware of the body breathing. You can close your eyes and then just listen. And I'll read this, these few pages and let them be uh, like instructions for metta practice. As a mother watches over her child, willing to risk her own life to protect her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all beings, suffusing the whole world with unobstructed loving-kindness. Standing or walking, sitting or lying down, during all one's waking hours, may one remain mindful of this heart. And this way of living, that is the best in the world. Brief Instructions for Loving-Kindness Meditation To practice loving-kindness meditation, sit in a comfortable and relaxed manner. Take two or three deep breaths with slow, long, and complete exhalations. Let go of any concerns or preoccupations. For a few minutes, feel or imagine the breath moving through the center of your chest in the area of your heart. Metta is first practiced toward oneself, since we often have difficulty loving others without first loving ourselves. Sitting quietly, mentally repeat slowly and steadily the following or any similar phrases. May I be happy. May I be well. May I be safe. May I be peaceful and at ease. While you repeat these phrases, allow yourself 
to sink into the intention they express. Loving-kindness meditation consists primarily of connecting to the intention of wishing ourselves or others happiness. However, if feelings of warmth, friendliness, or love arise in the body or mind, connect to them, allowing them to grow as you repeat the phrases. As an aid to this meditation, you might hold an image of yourself in your mind's eye. This helps reinforce the intentions expressed in the phrases. After a period of directing loving-kindness towards yourself, bring to mind a friend or someone in your life who has deeply cared for you. Then slowly repeat phrases of loving-kindness toward them. So now think of a friend or someone in your life who has deeply cared for you. May you be happy. May you be well. May you be safe. May you be peaceful and at ease. As you say these phrases, again sink into their intention or heartfelt meaning. And if any feelings of loving-kindness arise, connect the feelings with the phrases so that the feelings may become stronger as you repeat the words. Remember, he's saying, if any feelings of loving-kindness arise. You're not being forced to have those feelings arise. We're working first with our intention And if we see those feelings arise, just connect them with the phrases. Then the feelings may become stronger as you repeat the words. As you continue the meditation, you can bring to mind other friends, neighbors, acquaintances, strangers, animals, and finally people with whom you have difficulty. You can either use the same phrases, repeating them again and again, or make up phrases that better represent the loving-kindness you feel towards these beings. So let's just do that for a few minutes together. Just think of those, think of these other people. begin with, we're always beginning, for, of course, first with ourselves, and then towards someone that we know, we love, that has cared for us. Then we can continue with other friends, neighbors, acquaintances, strangers, animals, and finally, people with whom you have difficulty. We build up to that. Either use the same phrases, repeating them again and again, or make up phrases that better represent the loving kindness 
you feel towards these beings. In addition to simple and perhaps personal and creative forms of metta practice, there is a classic and systematic approach to metta as an intensive meditation practice. Because the classic meditation is fairly elaborate, it is usually undertaken during periods of intensive meditation practice on retreat. Sometimes during loving-kindness meditation, seemingly opposite feelings such as anger, grief, or sadness may arise. Take these to be signs that your heart is softening, revealing what is held there. You can either shift to mindfulness practice, or you can, with whatever patience, acceptance, and kindness you can muster for such feelings, direct loving-kindness toward them. Above all, remember that there is no need to judge yourself for having these feelings. So that's very important. So let me read this paragraph again. Sometimes during loving-kindness meditation, seemingly opposite feelings such as anger, grief, or sadness may arise. Take these to be signs that your heart is softening, revealing what is held there. You can either shift to mindfulness practice, just being aware of what is, just being aware of uh, what your senses are taking in, just trying to be attentive and awake to that without judgment. Or you can, with whatever patience, acceptance, and kindness you can muster for such feelings, these darker feelings, direct loving-kindness towards them. So just switch, if you can, but don't force yourself to do this. Send loving-kindness to these feelings that you're having that that might contain anger, grief, or sadness. Send loving-kindness towards those. Above all, remember that there is no need to judge yourself for having these feelings. As you become familiar with loving-kindness practice during meditation, you can also begin to use it in your daily life, while in your car, or at work, or in public anywhere, privately practice metta toward those around you. There can be a great delight in establishing a heartfelt connection to all those we encounter, friends and strangers alike. So as much as we practice metta, uh, there's always something new to, to think about and a new, new, new points that, I mean, this book is, was written several years ago. When did he write it? 
2001, so 20 years ago, but this information is just as priceless now as it was then. And I love Gil Fransdale is a wonderful Buddhist teacher. Um, and I love his writing. It, he really gets quickly to the heart of the matter. So, think about metta. Think about metta as a way to work with our own uh, feelings that we might think of as being darker. If we can't rouse uh, loving kindness, we see we it often allows some of those some of those emotions that we don't often get in touch with may rise. So then we can practice sending loving kindness to them. It's there's so much about this entire practice that needs to always remind us um, that we are human beings. And, and we are all, none of us are immune to uh, love and loving kindness, and none of us are immune to those darker, those darker thoughts, those darker feelings, the despair, depression, uh, anger, sadness. That's all, it's all part of the human experience. And what the Buddha is teaching us is how to, is how to, to work with those to work with those and understand and not to hate ourselves or uh, hate others. So it's good to see all of you and thank you so much. This was very helpful for me today to just be able to, to share with you. If you know, when he talks about longer meta retreats, maybe some of you during the, the, the this last year of so much so many wonderful things on Zoom. Maybe some of you have done a longer meta retreat and you might want to share uh, a link to it or who you, who you did a retreat with that was an intensive meta retreat because I think that's a wonderful, those are wonderful and they're not just a, a re- I haven't seen many that are just a, a meta retreat like a whole weekend or maybe even a week. And uh, if you know if you know of those or have had a good experience with something like that, uh, let us know. Just leave a link or some information. Okay, thank you. Have a beautiful day. It looks like it's going to be beautiful here. And uh, try to get outside if the weather permits. And if you're falling asleep now, I hope you can fall asleep with Meta. Thank you. I'll see you Thursday.